Father God, I thank you for this day. I thank you for the blessings that you pour into our life. I thank you for Jesus and for the sacrifice that he made so that we can have a relationship with you. I just ask now that you would come and fill this place up. Meet each person at the point of their need, Father. I ask you to bless the word this morning and bless the music in the name of Jesus. Amen.
I'm up, I guess. Okay. Good morning. Good morning. We are going to be taking communion later, so if you're live streaming, gather your stuff up because at the end of the service, we're going to do that together. It's good to see everybody this morning. You know, when we come together, we got a, a, this great promise. God says, when two or three of my people gather in my name, I'm going to be right there in the midst of them. And so every time we come together, God has promised that he's going to be here. Our part is just to say, yes, I choose to enter in. I choose to be part of that. And so I'm inviting you this morning to worship the Lord, sing, raise your hands, clap, stomp your feet, do whatever you want to do. Just enjoy the presence of the Lord. Amen. I want to read you Psalms 1. And it kind of fits in with what we've been talking about in a pretty good way. Psalms 1, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight 
is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. And he will be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Now the ungodly are not so, but they are like the chaff which the wind drives away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. The promise is that if we will meditate on God's word, if we will be all in, God's going to cause us to bloom and prosper and flourish, and that nothing that the world does, nothing that the devil does, nothing that anything can overcome that or overthrow that in our lives if we will stand in God's word. But if you're not standing in God's word, you're on your own. That's what he said. The ungodly, they're going to have problems. And so we want to stand in God's word. So we've been talking about renewing our minds and that's what this is. Meditate on God's word day and night. When you begin to do that, you begin to think God's word. You begin to enter in thinking about him, thinking about what he's saying to you, thinking about his plan for your life. Then God can begin to reveal things and show you things. And he begins to, to cause you to be fruitful and to multiply. And your leaf won't wither and you're going to be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. And those rivers of water are like a well springing up in our soul that flows in and out of us. And that's what it's all about. And when we worship, that's what happens. The Lord pours His Spirit on us and begins to change the way that we think and the way that we act and the way that we behave. And so, Lord, this morning, we choose to enter in and worship you. Yes. We choose to lift up and exalt your name because you alone are worthy, Lord. You are worthy. Yes. And I thank you, Lord, that you have redeemed us. We sang that just now. We are redeemed. You took away all the past. You took away those chains. And you loosed us. And you set us free. And you have redeemed us. And we are a people that is set aside and set apart for you, Lord, because of how you have redeemed us. I thank you for that, Lord. And this morning, we are going to rejoice in that. We're going to celebrate that redemption. We're going to celebrate you, the Redeemer. We're going to celebrate you, the Savior. We're going to celebrate you, the Deliverer and the Healer. We are going to celebrate you this morning because you are here. Thank you. We thank you, Lord. Come and be with us now. Fill this place with your spirit. In Jesus' name, let's worship.
Never cease to 
that's our prayer this morning that we we just want more of you we need more of you Lord we don't need more information we don't need more stuff we need more of you Lord I I just rejoice in your love over us thank you so much that you never gave up on us Lord you loved us before we loved you. You loved us before we cared anything about you. And you love us even when we're too busy for you right now. Even when we're distracted. Even when we stub our toe. Your love never changes. I thank you so much for that, Lord. That I can trust you. And I know that you never change. You're the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. Thank you, Jesus, that your love is so faithful and powerful and it's unending. And it's working in us, Lord, for your good and for our good. Thank you for that. I thank you that your name is victory. And you have won the victory. I thank you, Lord, that you've already won the victory. We're not, we're not waiting for you to figure it out or waiting for you to to finally get it done. You did it. Thank you, Jesus. On the cross, when you said it's finished, you did it. You, the victory was won right there. Lord, we stand in that victory. Your name is victory. You, All authority in heaven and earth, hallelujah, is in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, I thank you that you are here in all of your glory, Lord. You're here to touch. You're here to save. You're here to deliver. You're here to set free. You're here to change the way that we think. You're here to heal our broken hearts. You're here to heal our broken bodies, Lord. You're here to speak to us. And we invite you, Lord. Speak to your people this morning. Right where everyone is in their place whether it be at home or here in person. Speak, Lord. Speak to each person exactly what they need to hear so that they could hear your voice clearly. Hear those words of love, affirmation. You're saying to them, I love you. I believe in you. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. And I am working in and for and through you. When you can't see it, know that I'm still there and I'm still working and it is an endless love. And it doesn't matter 
how you perform, I still love you the same. Help us to see that this morning. Understand that your love, it is abounding towards us and it is boundless and it never fails. And it's unconditional. We want to see you that way this morning. Father, we want to see you waiting for us to come home like that prodigal son or daughter. We want to see you as a father that is so, so desperate for a relationship with us that you'll run to us and forgive us when we come towards you. You embrace us in your arms. You're not worried about the fact that we're dirty or stinky or nasty. You just are so happy that we've come. Help us to see you that way this morning, Lord, to know that you, you alone are God. You alone are the one that can heal and deliver and change us. And you alone are the one that loves us forever and ever and ever. Thank you, Lord. Speak now. Speak to your people, Lord. Holy Spirit, breathe that life into us. Refresh us now as we wait on you. Just let us breathe in that refreshing life. Let that river of life begin to flow into our hearts and out of us so that out of our innermost being, rivers of living water would flow. Make us all a gusher for Jesus. Thank you, 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 Jesus. thank you for the assurance this morning that you're speaking to each one of us. Assurance that your word is true. That your word never changes. And what you say over us as your people, it never fails. called us by your name in your name Lord hallelujah your name is a strong tower that we can run to your name is victory your name is above every other name for there is no other name given under heaven among men where we can be saved because it's only in you there's salvation in no other name because of what you do on the cross Lord the Father has given you a name that is highly exalted. It's a name that's above every other name so that the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that you are Lord to the glory of God. Your name, Lord, is where our victory is because in you, you have already accomplished all the work in the cross. Your blood has made us alive. The same power 
same dunamis power that raised you from the dead, Lord, resides in us. And it's raising us up to newness of life. Thank you for that. Breathe that into us now. Fill us with that dunamis power now that we would be raised up to newness of life and we would know without any doubt that we can walk in victory, that we can be more than conquerors through Christ that loved us. We're not waiting to figure it all out, Lord. You've already accomplished the work. We just need to say yes and believe and walk in that. Believe what you say more than what our circumstances might say. Believe what you say more than what the enemy would try to say. Believe what you say more than what the news media or the politicians would say. We want to believe what you say, Lord, because your word is true and it is powerful. It's alive and it's making us alive. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your presence, Lord. Continue to speak to us and bless us, Lord, as we move forward. I thank you for all you're doing and, and all you've done. In Jesus' name, amen. Get the microphone. Um, so we got to, if we're going to have a word, you got to use a microphone so everybody can hear it this live streaming. Um, yeah, so <clears throat> y'all probably get tired of me being the big mouth, but I, he won't leave me alone. And so uh, I saw an interview. Somebody needs to hear this. I think maybe several somebody. I was watching uh, Christian TV the other night, and I saw an interview with uh, most of you, or a lot of you probably know who David Reaver, I think his name is. He was a Vietnam vet, and he was terribly wounded and scarred. He had a, some kind of a, I can't remember the name of it, a special grenade. Phosphorus. Phosphorus grenade go off at the, right here when he was fixing to throw it. It, he's just terribly scarred. He's had 50-some surgeries through the years, and he has just gone through a lot. And he has given his life to, to share the gospel with people. And he goes around, and I saw him interviewed the other night, and he said that he was, that he struggled for 30 years every day with the spirit of suicide. And 20 years ago, he was on TVN, and Jan Crouch spoke a word to him. She asked him, said he was real tired. And so he, uh, normally he wouldn't even confess this, but she asked him, she said, do you, um, do you still struggle from that after all these years? And he said, he just broke down in tears and told her, he said, I struggle with that spirit of suicide every single day. And she looked at him and somebody needs to hear this. And she said to him, she said, Dave, because he said, I don't, she said, he said, I love the Lord, but I don't know why he's let me go through so much. And somebody needs to hear this. She looked at him and she said, Dave, the reason that God allowed you to go through much is because he knew he could trust you with the scars. She said he knew that he could trust you to trust him, that you would come to the point to where you would trust him even with the scars. And you would be a light for him in the darkness, no matter the circumstances surrounding you. And I just wanted to share that. Somebody's supposed to hear that. Amen. Thank you, Mitch. <clears throat> and um, 
Dave Reaver, his dad was a uh, pastor in Springtown, Carlos? Lake Worth. Lake Worth, okay. So Carlos actually went to, to their church, um, and he remembers when that happened to Dave Reaver. And when I was in college, he came and spoke. And uh, it's, it's very, uh, very life-changing when you hear what some people have been through, and yet they still love the Lord, and they still go on. I've got a little, little personal experience with that. The, the Lord is faithful. And, uh, you know, we, we talk about that. We say he's faithful. We say his grace is sufficient. But when you've been through a really hard time and you've made it, when you're going through it, sometimes you can't see it. But when you look back on it later, you can say, you know, his grace really was sufficient. I didn't think I could make it, but I did. And not only did I make it, but I came out better than I was before. So, One more thing to that. He said at the end of that interview, he said, since that day for 20 years, he's not struggled one more time with that spirit of suicide. Amen. God delivered him right on the spot. Amen. Well, that's what um, that's what the Lord wants to do. Is He wants to bring deliverance and healing into each of our lives. So you know, sometimes we repeat things and we we talk about things over and over again, and we belabor a point. But it's because you need to hear it. It's because you need to get it. Because hearing it and making it part of your life are two different things. You know, I've, I've known the truth. All the years I've walked with the Lord, I've known the truth. But I haven't always understood how to apply the truth. And I haven't always done that. And until you begin to apply the truth, it's not really going to change you. I mean, you can just, you can hear the same stuff over and over and over again. And my hope is that one of these times, maybe the light will go off. And if just one of you, every week or two, will catch something new that you haven't ever grabbed a hold of before, it's worth it. All the, to all the time that Jesus was here on the earth in those three years, he told stories and he taught and he said the same things over and over. He told the different stories. He told stories about animals and about farms and about coins. And, uh, you know, he, he told all the different stories so that he could relate to everybody on some level. And eventually, there would be one of those stories that you would relate to. And you'd say, oh, yeah, I understand that. I didn't understand the thing about the coin, but I get the part about the sheep and the goats. Or I didn't understand the sheep and the goats, but I get the part about, you know, the father loving me, even though I was a rebel. So sometimes I feel like I'm repeating stuff, but I... I think that's what needs to happen because we don't always respond the first time we hear it. Anyway, I don't really make an excuse. I'm just giving an explanation. <clears throat> so we as his people need to rise up and be the body of Christ. We need to be light and salt. And if we'll do that, God will heal this nation. Okay, go time. So We've been talking about uh, wounds in our soul. And I always want to make sure, just in case there's someone here that hadn't heard it all, that you understand what we're talking about. Wounds in our soul. We've, 
Your soul is who you are. That's you, your uh, inward man, your, your mind, your will, and your emotions. And that is who you are. And so as we are born in this life, we're born with certain characteristics and qualities. And we have certain bents or, uh, you know, ways that we are. And we also, we learn things from our parents and grandparents and brothers and sisters and friends and neighbors and enemies. And, you know, we have offenses, things that hurt us. And all those, all those experiences in our life affect us. They leave a mark or a wound in your soul. And so that's, that's why you are the way you are because of what has happened in your soul. So your soul has these wounds in it, and that's what causes you to be grumpy. That's what causes you to be uh, rude. That's what causes you to be fearful. That's what causes you to doubt. That's what causes you to be negative. That's what causes you to, to want to reject other people and not let them get close to you. That's what causes you to be proud. It's what causes, I mean, Basically, all the problems that you have, you can be bitter and unforgiving. All of those things are because you've got issues in your soul that need to be healed. And so we're talking about this because it goes on and on and on. I mean, the, the list is pretty exhaustive. And when you think you got it all figured out and you think you got it all straight, you spend a little time in prayer and you're asking the Lord to shine his light in there and expose stuff. And all of a sudden, ding, you know, oh, there's something else. That's the way it works. Because I think it would probably just overwhelm you and kill you if God showed it to you all at once. You know, he told Paul when he, uh, when he got saved and he was getting, uh, getting lined up, God told him, he said, I'm going to show you all the things that you're going to suffer for me. But most of us, he doesn't really do that. He kind of lets us figure it out as we go. Because if he told us everything right up front, it would be overwhelming. We would all be a little bit like, whoa, I don't know if I can handle that. But you can, because God is with you, and he's given you his grace and his mercy to carry you through. So God is all about redemption. He's making things right between him and us. He's restoring and renewing us and the whole earth. He's working to make things the way that it's supposed to be. And in our lives as individuals and as the body of Christ, as we learn to renew our minds and let our souls be restored, then the Lord can begin to change not only our inward parts, but he can change the stuff on the outside too. And I don't mean you're going to be beautiful when you weren't before. I just mean you're going to be the things outside of your life, the peripheral things, the physical things will begin to change too and line up with God's word. We read that Psalms 1. If you meditate on God's word day and night, he said he's going to make you like a tree planted by the rivers of water and you're going to be fruitful and prosper. And that doesn't just mean in your heart, it means he's going to prosper your life, your relationships, your job, your finances, your health. All those things will begin to prosper as you meditate on God's word and let him change you. Turn your soul back like it was intended to be. So we've all got these wounds and we need to try to figure out where they came from and how we need to get free. Getting free is the simple part, I think. It's finding the wounds that's the, that's the more challenging part sometimes because we're, you know, you can look at other people 
And you say, whoa, man, they're bitter. But you don't look at yourself and say, I'm bitter. You look at somebody else and say, man, you know, they are just mad. They're angry. They walk around mad all the time. I mean, they'll, you know, they'll, they'll want to fight you if you just get them just a little bit upset. And you don't think that about yourself, even though you may be just as bad or worse than the other person. That's kind of human nature. We all have a tendency to look at other people and see things a lot differently than we look at ourselves. So that's why you need somebody else to show you. And it's not me. And it's not your spouse. It's the Holy Spirit. That's who we need to show us this stuff. And it's God's Word. And that's what, that's what happens. When we study God's Word, you read God's Word, you begin to meditate on it, then the Holy Spirit begins to take the truth of the Word and apply it to your heart. And you read where it says, let all bitterness and anger be put away from you. And you say, hmm, maybe I can do that. You read God's Word and it says, love those that despitefully use you and persecute you and do bad things to you. Hmm, need to work on that a little bit. When somebody does me wrong, you know, I want to just right back at them, you know. And, but that's not the way the Lord wants us to be. He wants us to, to be according to his word. So as you, as you pray and as you worship and as you read the word, those are all opportunities for God to begin to speak to you and bring revelation and insight into your life. But you have to, you have to be willing because God is always trying to reveal stuff to us. He's always trying to talk to us. But we go around, you know, you've seen that, you know, somebody's talking, you know, they don't want to hear it. Well, that's, that's the way we are. God is trying to talk to us all the time. And most of us are like, I don't want to hear it. Because, well, quite honestly, it's going to require something of you. And most of us like convenience and comfort and ease. We don't want to be bothered. We don't want to be put upon. We don't want to be inconvenienced. We want everything just to be smooth and just rock right along. Don't rock the boat. Well, Jesus wants to rock your boat. Sorry, that's just the way it is. The Holy Spirit wants to reveal things to you, but you have to have a willing and obedient heart. And so... There's this really cool uh, verse, and I think it's in Mark. I couldn't tell you where it is now, but in the first 10 chapters, it gets you in the right direction. Uh, but Jesus said, take heed how you hear. Because when you hear, he said, in the way that you hear, you'll, you'll have more things revealed to you. And if you don't listen... To what is revealed to you, then you're not going to have more revelations. So the Lord, you know, he, he wants to reveal stuff to us. He wants us to hear him and respond to him. But if you turn a deaf ear, then you're not going to get more revelations, most likely. I mean, if you respond, then that, you know, Jesus said, if you're faithful in little things, I'll make you ruler over a lot. So if you respond in little things, then he can give more and more to you. So if the Lord comes to you and says, you know, I really would like for you to be more generous. So, you know, see that homeless guy there? Give him a dollar. That's a pretty simple thing. And if you bow up and you say, no, I'm not giving him a dollar. You know, he's, he, he could go work just like I do. I mean, you, know, you, get, you could rationalize it. You can make excuses. 
But if you don't respond, then, then next time the Lord's wanting to speak to you, maybe you'll just say, well, I'm not even going to bother. I don't think that's the case, but, but the truth is, the more we respond, the more we'll hear. The more you respond, the more you'll hear. The more revelation that you respond to, the more revelation you'll receive. Okay, so, and, and by the way, you know, I hope you guys know that I'm, I'm preaching to myself. This is all stuff that I'm doing personally. I'm doing it at home. I'm doing it daily. And um, I was going to, I had a PowerPoint today, one, one slide, but when I started trying to put it up, I realized it was way too small a font. And it's like, oh, well, if Sherry was here, she probably would have fixed it for me, but I didn't want to mess with it. But, but the point is, these are things that I've been working on in my own personal life. And I'm talking to you about it because I see the value and I see the benefit and I see the importance of it. <clears throat> so I've been telling you that the way you think is really important. Your thoughts actually control your brain. Your thoughts can physically change the structure of your brain. And so when, and we know this to be true because everybody knows about addicts, right? When an addict, they, um, they have certain behaviors and they think that way. I mean, even before, even before they take the drug or take the drink or whatever it is, I mean, they're, man, you know, their, their mind is feeling that, I mean, they're already, man, they're craving that, they are into that. They've, it's because your brain has been structured by your thoughts and by your patterns of life and your brain is actually controlling your body, but it's your thoughts that are controlling your brain. But once those memories are set, though, they're powerful and they produce chemicals. And those chemicals cause you to feel certain ways and then your body wants to respond. And so now it's not just your mind, but it's your body and it's everything you are. You want that. So we need to change the way that we think. So when you have a thought, your thought produces a chemical reaction in your actual physical brain. And over a period of time, when you reproduce those thoughts, it will build memories and those memories will become stronger and stronger and then they can overthrow some of the bad memories. You can actually kill the bad memories, make them wither up and die and go away and be replaced by a new memory that's healthy and good. But, it's, but you, have to, you have to do it diligently. You can't just do it one time. It takes about 21 days to get enough protein into those memories in your brain to cause them to be strong enough to survive. And so we're going to be talking about this as we go along, but you're, uh, there's a process. It's, it's a real simple deal. It takes you about 10 minutes a day. And, and I'm going to show you how to do it. I've already done it myself. It works. Testify. And, uh, but, it's, but it's a process, and, and, it, and it's all about just a simple routine that you can get into to help you do what I'm saying the Word of God is saying for us to do. So every day you, you spend about 10 minutes, a couple minutes on four different things. You think about the input, how thoughts come to you. Where, why do you react the way you do? So you, you pick a, 
you pick something in your life that you want changed, a mindset, you know, you're negative, you want to be more positive. Maybe, maybe you want to be more grateful. Maybe, uh, in my case, my first round of it, I identified something to me that I really never had thought about, but I have a fear of failure. You know, I mean, everybody looks at my life and they probably say, well, why would he be afraid of failing? Look at him, you know, he's, he's had a good uh, career in his business and, you know, he's, he's a preacher. He seems to know what he's doing, but I've also had a lot of failures and I don't go around bragging about them all that much, but, you know, little, little side businesses here and there and different things I've attempted and, and I've failed. And so the enemy uses those past experiences to try to discourage you from being bold and doing what God is calling you to do. And so I did this. And in, in my renewing my mind, my effort, I did that. So I put fear of failure is what I wanted to work on. And so I thought to myself, okay, so how, how did the thoughts come to me about fear of failure? Well, mostly it's, it's when I think about past experiences, think about how it didn't work out. And then you, then you need to reflect on that and figure out what's different. Why can the future be different than the past? And it's what God says, right? What God says. And then you rethink all that and you start repenting over the things that you, that you realize that you've agreed with and that are wrong. And then you come up with a response or a reaction or what you're going to do differently. What am I going to do now? What am I going to think? What am I going to do that's going to make it different? And if you'll, if you'll take that last step and about seven times a day, you'll do that. You'll say, that, you know, I'm going to be more than a conqueror now. I'm not going to be a failure anymore because he always leads me in triumph. He said that everything I put my hand to is going to be successful. He said everywhere that I tread the soles of my feet, I'm going to possess. And you begin to say those things out loud. And you begin to think those things on a regular basis over and over and over. In 21 days, you won't be thinking you're a failure anymore. You'll be thinking, I can succeed because I'm a new creation in Christ. And all things are becoming new. And I'm not that same old guy. I'm a new guy. A new guy that's going to be victorious. Anyway, I'm not trying to teach you mind over matter or anything. I'm just telling you, this is a simple routine. You have to change the way you think. And it's God's word. You begin to see what God's word says about your situation. And you begin to say what God says about it. And you do that cycle. And it's best if you write it down and don't make it an outline. Make it like a, like a, like a big tree or a cycle. And I'll show you this when I can print it or get it up here on the screen for you. It'll make more sense. But that way, because you're thinking about it, this is how the thoughts come in. This is how I'm thinking about them now. This is what I've determined I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to do. This is how they come in. This is what I'm going to do. You just keep, you know, it's a cycle. And you keep thinking about it every day. And every day as you think about that, the Lord will give you some new insight. And you write it down on this chart. And you get all these things going. It looks like a, it looks like a tree of information. And you say it over and over and over. And you're thinking it over and over. And all day long you're thinking those thoughts. And in 21 days, you, you'll be thinking, I can do this. I'm not like that anymore. I printed a, a, a list of scriptures about renewing our mind and it's based on uh, God's word. And they were all scriptures about God's word. And I printed it and gave it out on Wednesday night. And, uh, and I started reading that, you know, multiple times a day. I, 
this is before I even knew about what I'm talking to you about right now, but I was already kind of going that direction. And I said, if you'll, if you'll do this seven or eight times a day, about every hour, hour and a half throughout the day, read these scriptures, you'll begin to meditate on these scriptures. It'll make a difference in your life. And what I found is that after about three or four days, I could say the whole list without even reading them. I mean, I, I was just quoting them. I could just close my eyes and I could just quote that 31 verses or whatever it was. And I didn't even try to memorize them. I just was just reading them. So when you, when you write the stuff down and you read it and then you think about it, it's really pretty powerful. It's amazing what your brain can do, what your mind can do when you begin to put the right thoughts in there. Okay, so here's what, here's what it's all about. You renew your mind by taking thoughts captive, creating new memories, making the new thoughts and memories stronger than the old ones so that you can overthrow them. Now, 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3, Paul says, Though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into the captivity to the obedience of Christ. So if you, if you want to be successful in renewing your mind, there's a couple of things you have to do. First, you have to understand that you are in a spiritual warfare. This is not a physical battle. It is a spiritual battle. And it's, it is our responsibility to do the warfare in the spiritual realm. But we've got the weapons. God has given us the weapons. They're not, they're not fleshly weapons, but they're spiritual weapons. And it says they are mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. So here's what happens. The thoughts come to you, and you either receive those thoughts or you reject them. Every day, all day long, thoughts are coming to us, and we either receive them or we reject them. When you receive them and embrace them, then that becomes part of your mindset. It becomes part of who you are. And, and then you'll begin to speak according to those kind of thoughts. You'll begin to react according to those kind of thoughts. You'll respond to people in situations according to those kind of thoughts. In my case, you know, every time something new would come up, you're like, ooh, I don't want to fail. But you've got to change the way you think so that you're not thinking, I don't want to fail. Now, it's a good thing to think uh, and be, be responsible and say, I don't want to do something stupid. I don't want to do something I'm not capable of doing. I mean, it's okay to evaluate the situation and be wise. God doesn't want us to be dummies. He wants us to be wise. And some things we just shouldn't do. But mostly, we need to have the right mindset so that we'll respond to all of situations in life with the correct mindset. And so when we have those thoughts come, recognize if they're of God or if they're good or they're bad, what kind of thoughts they are, and either bring them into captivity and say, no, sorry, you're not getting in. I'm rejecting that. I'm not receiving that. Or if it's a good thought, it's like, yeah, that's God's word. Then you receive that and you begin to respond to it. Sounds real easy, but in real life, sometimes it's not so easy because it's a challenge. And especially when you've got, when you have strongholds, I mean, your mind has been thinking a certain way for your whole life. 
I mean, you've been a bullhead. You've been, you know, you've been difficult. You've been grumpy and grouchy your whole life, or you've been an ingrate, or you've been bitter or proud or jealous or greedy or, you know, whatever. If you've been that way your whole life, it doesn't just go away because you think a good thought. I mean, it, it, takes, it takes some effort on your part to be consistent. God's Word is alive and it's powerful, but we have to let it do its work in our lives, and that doesn't just happen in one little instance. You come to the altar and give your life to Jesus, yeah, you're a new creation. But all things are becoming new from that day forward for the rest of your life. And so all those things in your heart, all those things in your mind, all those things in your past, good, bad, and ugly, I mean, they're all there. And you're working all that stuff out for the rest of this time on earth. You're working all that stuff out. That's what this is about, renewing your mind, allowing God to speak to you and change the way that you think. When you change the way you think, You'll change the way that you speak, the way that you act, the way that you react. All of your life will be different when you change the way that you think. Now, I told you your, your soul is made of your mind, will, and emotions. And, I, you know, your mind is your thinking. And that's not the same as your brain. You understand, your brain is a physical thing. Your mind is, it's, it is not a physical thing. It is your thought process. And your heart is your emotions. And I think your, your mind and your heart, when they are, they're working together like they're supposed to, it causes your will then to begin to have some power to do things. And when your heart and your mind are in agreement, your will is strong. Unfortunately, when your heart and your mind are in bondage, and when they're wrapped up in some bad memory or some habit or some addiction, then your will is controlled by those heart and mind thoughts and impulses. They're in agreement and your will is like, okay, I'm going to go get a drink because that's... Uh, yeah. I mean, that's, how, that's, that's the way it works. But if your mind and your heart have been renewed and you're all about loving Jesus and you're all about following God's Word, then your will will begin to respond that way with strength. And so when the enemy comes to you and says, hey, you want a drink? It's like, no, don't need that stuff anymore. When the enemy comes to you and says, man, don't you want to tear out over there and go get in that guy's face and tell him just what you think? No, I don't need to do that anymore. Because that's not going to be good for him. It's not going to be good for me. And I'm just going to keep that information to myself and I'm just going to let God deal with him and I'll just bless him and pray for him. That's what the Bible says to do. When your heart and your mind are in agreement, a powerful thing happens in the way that you react to situations. But when your heart and mind are not in agreement or not in agreement with God's word, then you're, kind of be, you're going to be in trouble. You're going to be working against yourself. It's hard to overcome evil with good when your heart and mind are filled with evil. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. That's 2 Timothy 1.7. God has not given us a spirit of fear. And I hear people say, well, that really means timidity. Well, uh, when you look it up in, in the uh, Strong's Concordance, it does say timidity, but it also says fear. 
And when you look at the root word that is behind all that, it says it is cowardice. Cowardice. God has not given us a spirit of cowardice, but of love, that's his love, power, which is dunamis, which is the, it's the same power that raised Christ from the dead. Paul said, you know, I want to know him and the power of his resurrection. That's the dunamis power that raised Christ from the dead. That's what God has given us. He has given us as his children love and power so that we don't have to be cowards and that we don't have to have an unstable mind. Now, some people say, well, that word sound mind, that means, that means self-control. Well, it does, but again, you look it up. It means sound mind, and it means discipline. And when you look at the root word, it means disciplining your mind. Reigning in your mind is what it literally means. Curbing it so that your mind is not just a loose cannon letting anything in. God has not given us the spirit of cowardice, but he's given us a love and dunamis power so that our mind can be disciplined and not just out there receiving any old information that's good or bad or whatever. God wants us to capture those thoughts and not just let everything in. That is our responsibility. He makes you a new creation and he tells you, I'm going to make all things new, but it's not just going to poof and happen for you. you. You have to be part of the process. The new creation part, yeah, that happens. But everything else, we're part of it. As we learn God's word, as we walk in the spirit, we will not walk in the flesh. But if you expect all that to just happen miraculously and you just totally be disengaged and you're just waiting for God to zap you, that's not the way it works. That's probably why you're still the way you are. Because God hasn't zapped you yet. What happens is when you, when you begin to say, yes, Lord, I, I see what you're saying. I want to be changed. That is my desire. You put yourself in his authority. You submit yourself to him and say, here I am. Change me. Now God can do some zapping on you because you put yourself in a position to receive his grace and his mercy and his healing and you can be changed. But when you're resisting and when you're oblivious and you're not even interested in it, then you're not going to receive those changes. You're not going to have a disciplined mind if you don't know that that's what you're supposed to have. And as you begin to change the way you think, God will change everything about you because your mind and your heart will begin to work together and cause your will to be strengthened. And you'll have the strength. You won't be a coward anymore, but you'll be courageous and bold. That's what Joshua said, right? Going into the promised land. He said, only be strong and of good courage. And he didn't say, be obedient. He said, believe what I say. Believe what God says. Meditate on God's word. Keep his word in front of you day and night. And then you'll have good success. So the key is for us to learn what God is saying. And then as we think God's word, our lives will line up with that. But if your mind is undisciplined, then your, your life is going to be undisciplined too. If you've got a sloppy way of thinking, you're going to have a pretty sloppy lifestyle probably. And it's 
It's your choice. You are the one that has to do this. I can't do it for you. You can't do it for me. You know, my wife can't do it for me. No matter how much she would like, she can't. I wish she could. I'd, I'd sign up, you know. She could get it done. I mean, she, hey, if it was in her power, she could get it done. But it's our own choices and responsibility that we're talking about. Each of us has to say yes to the Lord. Each of us has to be willing and obedient. So when, when we get our hearts and our minds lined up with God's word and our, get our, our will is in, in line with that and we begin to respond accordingly, then God's grace kicks in and takes care of it. But if you're not willing, you're basically refusing God's grace. God's grace is there. He's already won the victory. But you're not going to experience the victory if you're not putting yourself in a place where God can do what he wants to do in your life. You know, there's a lot of people that say they love God's word and yet they don't read the word. There's people that say, oh yeah, you know, God's word is alive and powerful, but they don't memorize the scripture. There's people that say, man, I love Jesus so much. You know, it means everything to me. And they never spend any time in prayer. Sunday morning church worship service is really the only spiritual thing they do all week. You know, that's, you're not going to be a victorious believer if you're not pursuing the Lord a little bit. The, you know, it's him that does the work, but we're part of it. We are God's workmanship. We are created for good works. That's what the scripture says. We are supposed to be part of this. If you just sit back and expect God to work a miracle in your life about everything, you're probably going to be disappointed. But if you're part of the process, if you invest yourself a little bit and say, Lord, I love you. I want to be changed. So I'm going to, I'm going to read your word a little bit. I love you. And I want to be changed. So I'm going to pray. I'm going to spend some time praying. And when I pray, I want to let you speak to me. And when you speak to me, I'm going to write that stuff down. And I'm going to begin to think about my thoughts. And, and I'm going to write down how your word addresses those thoughts and how you want me to be different. And if you'll be part of that, God will do some amazing and miraculous things in your life. But you have to invest yourself a little. Worship team, y'all can come back. <clears throat> So as we've talked about all this morning, um, and I've I got so many great scriptures I'm going to be sharing with you over the next few weeks. We're going we're gonna to partake of the Lord's table together. And, uh, and the way we're going to do it, is you're going to just keep your seat and we're going to deliver it right to your doorstep. Um, we're going to bring it to you. And, uh, but as we... As we get ready, and as we're worshiping, I want you to be thinking about what we're talking about. Renewing our minds and giving God permission. That's our choice. Giving God permission to renew our minds. Asking Him to reveal things to us. Maybe you've never even given your life to the Lord. Maybe you're, you know, you're hearing all this and you're thinking, I don't even know what He's talking about. Well, that's fine. Today can be the day that, that you, it starts to make sense. Today can be the day that you say yes to the Lord. You say, I want to start this process. I've tried it my way. It didn't work out all that great. I want to try it the Lord's way. If that's the case, 
it's, it's real simple. You can, you can come and someone will lead you in a prayer. Uh, if, you know, it, it's not hard. Doesn't require any signatures in blood or anything. Jesus has already done all the signing in blood. All you have to do is receive what he's offered and what he's completed. But as we, as we worship, I want to encourage you to think about renewing your mind. And as we partake of this uh, together in a minute, we're going to ask that the Lord work something in us that's miraculous. Because there's power. There's power in the Lord's table. Because it, it means something to us. It's not just something we do. There's power in it. Jesus said, as long as you do it, as often as you do it, do it in remembrance of me. Because you're remembering my death, burial, and resurrection until I come back. And when we recognize what he did on the cross and that he rose from the dead, then that, that is power in our lives. We sang that earlier, your name. Your name, it's victory. I mean, that's what it's all about. When we understand who Jesus is and what he accomplished on the cross, there's power there. There's power to change you. Power to make you new, to renew your mind so that you don't think the same old crummy way you've always thought. That you can be healed and set free and you can be thinking the way that God wants you to. So let's stand and worship. You were the word at the beginning, one with God, the Lord Most High. Your hidden glory in creation, now revealed in you, our Christ. What a beautiful name it is. What a beautiful name it is, the name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a beautiful name it is, nothing compares to this. What a beautiful name it is, the name 
you. So hopefully you figured out how to open this little package and get everything out. Jesus suffered and died for us. And this little wafer represents his body. His body was beaten. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. Thank you, Jesus. It's through his suffering and death and his resurrection that we can be healed, we can be saved, we can be delivered. All of that is in his provision. If you don't know the Lord, before we partake, I just want to lead you in a quick prayer. If you want to make Jesus Lord of your life, it's real simple. Say this with me. Lord Jesus, I confess that I'm a sinner. I ask that you forgive me, that you come and live in my heart. I make you Lord of my life. I want to live for you every day of my life. Thank you for hearing my prayer. If you've determined that there are areas in your life that you need to renew your mind, and right now, Lord, I acknowledge I need you. I need you to help me change the way I think. Renew my mind so that my, my mind and my heart are all in for you. That I'm thinking about you. Thinking your word. Letting your word change me. Mold me and make me into your image. Lord, it's your provision. Your body. We partake of your body. In remembrance of what you did, Lord. And we receive all that you provided for us. In Jesus' name, break and partake. In the same manner, Jesus took the cup and he gave thanks and he said, this is my blood of the new covenant. And folks, it's the new covenant that we're really talking about. That's what makes all this possible. This renewing of our mind, that never happened in the old covenant. It was outward. God wanted their hearts, but he gave, them, he gave them an outward way to follow. But in the new covenant, it's all about our heart. And he says, in the new covenant, I'm going to write my laws in your heart, and I'm going to put them in your mind, and you're going to be able to hear me and know me, and it's going to be part of who you are. That's what renewing your mind is all about. It's allowing him to make it become alive in you. It's who you are. We are going to be new creations and new creatures. Old things are going to pass away and all things are going to become new as we learn to renew our minds in Christ. In that covenant relationship where he is putting those things in our hearts, putting them in our minds. And Lord, we agree to participate in this process. We agree to yield ourselves to it. Lord, we agree that it's our responsibility to capture those thoughts that are coming into our head and not just let everything in. We're going to keep garbage out through the power of your spirit and through the power of your word. And we're going to allow your word to come in. And your word is going to change the way that we think, make us new in every way. So Lord, your blood is what gives us victory. 
Your blood is what heals us. Your blood is what cleanses us. Your blood is what makes us new. And we receive that. The blood of the new covenant. Let it be in Jesus' name that we protect together.
David knew how to pray. He knew how to worship. In Psalms 51, he said, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. And in Psalms 19, 7, he says, The law of the Lord is perfect, converting or restoring the soul. Testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. God wants to heal us and turn us back. He wants to restore us and renew us. And I'm telling you, what you need to hear right now, everybody in this room, you need to hear what we just sang. That God is perfect in all of his ways. He doesn't make a mistake. He is perfect in all of his ways. He is a good father. And we are loved by him. That's who we are. You don't get anything else from the day. Those things right there, what you need to know, that God is perfect in all of his ways. Yes. You better believe that. Yes. If you don't believe that, you're going to have a hard life. Yeah. He is a good father, and we are loved by him. If you believe that, your life will be changed. I'm telling you, you can't believe that God is a good father and that he is perfect in all of his ways and that he loves you and not be changed. Grab a hold of that. That's who God is. That's who we are. He is perfect in all of his ways. He wants to reveal himself to us that way. Lord, we receive that. Seal that word in our hearts, Lord, that you love us and you have good things in store for your children. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may he lift up his countenance upon you and grant you his perfect peace. Go and be blessed. If you'd like special prayer for anything, uh, someone will meet you at the altar. Otherwise, we'll see you Wednesday night. Man, go tear them up. Have a good week. Go live it. <laughs>